It's getting dark. Too dark to see. No, you did not stumble upon a reading of Bob Dylan's Knocking on Heaven's Door. Welcome to the This is Believeland podcast. Now, I chose those lyrics very specifically for one reason, and that's because of the injury to Mike Clevenger. Clevenger's nickname? Sunshine. Mike Clevenger's status right now? Injured. Head surgery from meniscus injury in his left leg, left knee, out six to eight weeks. Not good. Um, only positive you can look at it is that it's happened now, not when the season starts or during the season. So the time missed is more on the minimal side than in the middle of the season last year, like when he had his major injury last time. Speaking of that injury, just like how he returned early last year, that's what Clevenger's attempting to do this year. He wants to get back sooner rather than later. The beginning end of that time frame, not the end. So closer to six weeks. There's been discussion of some guys come back from this surgery injury in a month. Seems a bit aggressive for me. Should be pretty aggressive for anyone. I, I think they should be cautious. Because the last thing they need is for him to re-aggravate the injury. Or do something that ends up with a setback. The Indians need Mike Clevenger for the whole season, not just for the first couple weeks. So rushing him back, not really making a whole lot of sense. Now, with the Clevenger injury, the Indians have a very... Well, it was a very thin margin for error. It was at or near, I would say it was near zero. Now it is zero. They have zero margin for error at the beginning of the year. They, they've they already moved on from a couple pitchers. Corey Kluber, they traded Trevor Bauer last year. So Clevenger was going to be the guy, the number one guy, ace, awesome. Shane Bieber's now going to be the opening day pitcher, presumably. Shane Bieber's good, but when the plan was Mike Clevenger and you got to alter to plan B before you even play a spring training game, adjusting on the fly is sometimes a little bit hard to handle, uh, hard to digest. I guess the only positive, if you're looking at it, with the Indians and their margin for error being zero, is their schedule in April. They play the Detroit Tigers in three different series. They have 10 games with Detroit from March 26th to April 16th. Their other 10 opponents over that span, three with the Chicago White Sox, three with the Minnesota Twins, four with the Tampa Bay Rays. After that, it's four at Boston, three against Oakland, three against the Yankees, three against the Rays. Then you're into May. Clevenger should be back by before that first Rays series. Hopefully before even they play Oakland would be great. But if he were to miss the first couple series here, so 
versus Detroit versus the White Sox at Detroit at Twins versus Rays versus Detroit. Let's say he misses that entire chunk. They're a good enough team where 500, maybe a little bit 500, isn't out of the question there. The White Sox and Twins got better than they were last year. The White Sox look like to be a somewhat legitimate team in the American League Central. The Twins, while they did add some pieces, no one's quite sure whether last year was for real or if it was more of a fluke. Because their pitching was dog shit last year. And it really doesn't seem like it's going to be a strength this year either. So that series with the Twins, we'll learn a lot from. Tampa Bay is an interesting team because the Tampa Bay Rays are always interesting. Especially when they're on the closer to competing side of the spectrum. Rather than the Detroit Tigers end of the spectrum. Which is just bad. And that's... Where the Tigers are right now. The Tigers are still a bad team. They've improved. They should have more than their 47 wins that they had last year. Should being the key word. I mean, because that could change very easily. But they should be better. They poached a couple guys from the Twins. CJ Crone, Jonathan Scope. So they should be better, but this is not good. I, I think, luckily, their schedule's... I can call it soft, but it's it's friendly enough that they should be able to keep their head above water, and that's what really matters at this moment in time, is being able to survive this early schedule. It's not really an onslaught, but I was going to use that word. It didn't feel right, but this early schedule seems doable, if you know what I mean. This is a very similar situation to last year, so people are already having flashbacks where, you know, the Indians were without Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez got hurt, and we were seeing the likes of guys who shouldn't even be in Major League Baseball playing. Or at least in the Major Leagues, whatever. Maybe they can play in the minors, I don't know. doesn't matter. But the difference here is that those were position players and the next guys below them were, to call them replacement levels, a compliment. The Indians have pitching. They have a ton of pitching. Because after Bieber, you got Aaron Savale, you got Zach Plesak, Adam Plutko, uh, Carlos Carrasco also in the rotation. And you got some of those other guys like Jeffrey Rodriguez, what will Tristan McKenzie do in, in spring training. There's exciting guys. There's guys that are more than capable of stepping in for a few weeks while they weather the storm that is the injury to Mike Clevenger. And... That's something that they didn't have last year. They didn't have that luxury to have a competent level player step in when one of their best players was missing. Speaking of one of their best players, Francisco Lindor, I just mentioned him a second ago. Um, things seem to be trending in the right direction in regards to Francisco Lindor, future in Cleveland. Uh, he said multiple times that he wants to stay here. He wants to be in Cleveland. Part of that, as he said, is that he's from Puerto Rico and they don't have a team there. Now, I imagine if Puerto Rico had a team, he might want to depart to go play for his hometown. But since he doesn't have one, Cleveland's his home. He feels like it's home. That's his, that's his home team. This, that's, this is the team that brought him here. 
So he has a connection. He has a, you know, that nice feeling when it comes to putting on an Indian's uniform that some people have when they play for their own cities. I, I imagine somewhat what Jason Kipnis is feeling right now with the Cubs. So what we're encountering, what we're approaching, is a handful of discussions about Lindor, his contract, extension, trade. Um, this could be some moves leveraged by Lindor and his agent to try and secure a larger contract. By playing the wants-to-stay-here card, that now shifts the focus onto ownership, onto the Dolans, and for them to spend. And Unfortunately, as we know, they don't necessarily spend in that type of capacity. They had the notorious remark of enjoy him, and that when we start handing out multi-hundred million dollar contracts, people are going to be paying players a billion, which does not bode well for Frankie's future in Cleveland. However, I, I think it's encouraging that he's at least expressing how he feels and that he wants to stay here. Maybe that's the final kick in the ass the Dolans get to get something done. Because for the love of God, if we have to deal with more Dolans cheap tweets, I'm going to go insane. There's only so much Dolan's cheap tweets you can see. And the moment that they don't sign him or that they trade him or he walks in free agency, it's going to be worse than it has ever been. And I really don't want to deal with it. I don't want to endure it. I don't want to watch it. But I completely understand the possibility of that happening. And it's possible that the Dolans use this as a way to show that they're making an offer, but whether or not that offer is legitimate or even fair is a completely different story entirely. Much like the offers that the Nationals were offering to Bryce Harper and Anthony Rendon in consecutive off-seasons. There could be offset language, deferred years... All of this other nonsense that would make someone not want it now. <clears throat> Ideally, with the way that the payroll's constructed at this moment in time, I think if they were to front-load a deal instead of back-loading one, it would keep them from avoiding the pitfalls that we've seen with a lot of these long-term, larger deals. They'd still be paying for Francisco Lindor during his prime years so they can justify that they're paying a premier player a premier salary. But as time goes on that, and they have to extend other players, that salary becoming less would be to the benefit of the Indians. They wouldn't be committed with a larger salary You know, when Frankie enters his early to mid-30s if they were somehow actually strike a deal. And whether or not it's actually even going to happen, I don't know. Uh, the fact that a similar team in a similar situation, the Colorado Rockies, 
look like they're regretting the large deal they gave Nolan Arenado. That could be a very big warning sign, a big red flag to the Indians and how they're handling Lindor. Because they don't want to commit a whole bunch of money to one person, have it all go to shit, then have the premier player that you spent on want out. And then be left with a roster full of average at best talent for a lot of these guys. And then you're not really going anywhere. You're kind of stuck in that treading water. Maybe you get low 70 wins a season if you're lucky. Maybe you might get close to 80, but you're not a 500 team. You're not a playoff team. And that's that's what the Indians want to avoid. And that's part of the reason that they had so many trade discussions involving Francisco Lindor. It's about extending that contention window. I get it. I understand their logic. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I would rather they spend money on Francisco Lindor now, especially with a couple guys coming off the books soon. Carlos Santana. I love Carlos Santana, but his contract's going to be up. That's a decent chunk of change that they're not going to have to pay for. I can be committed to that anymore. And there's a handful of other guys on the roster currently that don't have large salaries. Oscar Mercado's in center field. Jose Ramirez signed a very team-friendly extension. You have one year committed to Cesar Hernandez. Clevenger and Bieber are about to get really expensive, but they can work their way around that. And you got those other young pitchers coming up. Savale, as I mentioned earlier, Plesak. Possibly Tristan McKenzie. Possibly Efri Rodriguez. Maybe they make some sort of contribution, but they are not expensive. Daniel Johnson's an outfield option. That's not going to be expensive. I don't know whether or not he's actually going to contribute this season. Maybe it's next year. Jake Bowers is another guy. They can afford it now. They can justify it now. Paying Francisco Lindor a lot of money up front. It will make him happy because he's going to secure the future that he's been wanting for. He's bet on himself multiple times. He's turned down extension offers. He's turned down early well, they were early extension offers. And looking back now, they were almost kind of insulting. But I think that they can, I don't know if they will, come to an extension agreement with Francisco Lindor. And to tie everything together... The Clevenger injury, the early schedule that they have to navigate around. If for some reason the Indians just tank and they're just awful at the beginning of the season, they find themselves 10 games below 500 or something, or 10 games behind the White Sox or the Twins, you better believe that those Francisco Lindor trade discussions are going to pop back up, and that's not going to make anyone happy. <laughs> <laughs>